This is different than usual. Yeah, it is a little different, but we've got this. All right. You're listening to a real piece of work. (laughs) I probably shouldn't say it that way. You're listening to A Real Piece of Work, a jobs podcast for aspiring professionals, brought to you by WVIK, Quad Cities NPR, and Junior Achievement of the Heartland. Now here's your hosts, Matt and Joy. Matt, I cannot tell you how excited I am to be. This is my very first live podcast recording. We are sitting here with 20 beautiful, inspiring students. And um, I'm just going to go ahead and give it to you because I think we got a lot of content, a lot of really important things to cover today. So I'm going to just hand it right over to you and uh, get the ball rolling. Perfect. Well, <clears throat> you, you hit the nail on the head. This is a little different, unique. I'm excited because where we're sitting today in a school is really the reason why we had the podcast. The podcast exists to help students at an earlier age, hopefully identify careers that they may be excited about or find out about careers they think they're excited about, but maybe they needed to hear from somebody that's an expert to let them know really what it's all about. And it may sound weird, but even if you hear about something and you say, that sounds horrible, I still think that's a success. And so we continue to hear from our educators that at an earlier age, the better when students hear about career options. So again, they can make earlier decisions about where they wanna go up their career path. And something else that's kind of different today, we're actually talking to a farmer today, but what we've never done in one of these podcasts is talk about uh, being very uh, forthright about what else they do besides their full-time job. So this particular farmer has a role within a not-for-profit, a local charity charity group, that's very, very important to some of the programming that the students are learning, learning here in the school today. So we're live here, if you wanna call it live, at Forest Grove Elementary in the Pleasant Valley School District. And I want to welcome Hans Schneckloff, the VP of Operation at Schneckloff Farms, to a real piece of work, the job podcast for young people. Should we real quick have all of the kids just say hi to Hans? Just a real quick hi. One, two, three. Hi. <laughs> you handled the camera. Did I mess it up, Jim? Oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. Hans, yeah. thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks for your time. We appreciate it. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So, humorous. Can what does it mean to be the president of operations or the president of organization? In this case, Schneckloff Farms. Well, technically speaking, being the president means that I'm the the primary decision maker for for the farm and all that that entails. Um, but in in practice, I mean, it, it means that, but it also means that I'm uh, I, I actually do operate the farm, so I you know anything from running machinery that you would see in the fields to driving semis to um, we have our own uh, grain drying and storage facility that I operate during during harvest. And that's also where we uh, pull grain from when we're selling it through the rest of the year. Um, and then, but on the back end, it means, you know, making the buying decisions for fertilizer, seed, uh, chemicals. It means making the marketing decisions for when we sell uh, grain that we've produced. Um, and it also, uh, I have to hire seasonal help when we need it. Um, and I make decisions for the, the part-time help that works for us throughout the year. 
So Hans, I'm assuming that farming kind of revolves around different seasons, correct? Or different seasons look different. Um, so maybe could you walk the kids through a typical day as a farmer, both maybe on season and off season so they can understand what your job looks like? So I'm assuming you do some different things, whether it's in season or, or off season. Sure. Yeah, well, I'll start with spring since we're coming up on that. Um, I mean, it's <laughs> a typical day is probably hard to find exactly, but it, when I'm in the when I'm in the heart of planting, so to speak, I would spend, you know, probably in the 10 to 12 hour range in a tractor, um, running a planter, uh, planting seed in the ground that I hope will grow into a crop that I can then, uh, which at the end of the summer and fall, I would I would harvest and harvest is easily our busiest time of the year. Um, we're actually equipped to do all of our planting in about two weeks. Um, but harvest, no matter how hard or fast you want to work, always takes a couple months because it's just so, so much uh, material to handle and so, so many acres to get through. Um, so typical day in the spring is spent in a tractor. Uh, if you want to uh, put it to planting um, in the summer is when we when we sell most of our um, grain. So I would spend a typical day in a semi or loading semis at our um, grain storage facility. Um, that's also when we do, um, you know, like what when while the crop is growing, we're um, scouting for issues that may arise, um, trying to uh, forecast potential yields. So we know how to start marketing uh, that crop that's growing. And then in the fall, uh, we so we run a one combine, one grain cart, and three semis. So I'm usually in a semi, and I also run our um, grain dryer and, and uh, storage. So my typical day in the fall is in a semi and frantically trying to make adjustments around a grain bin setup to, to keep that all running smoothly. And uh, I love winter because that's my, or I've learned to love winter, I guess I should say, because that's my... Uh, slowest time of the year. So that's when we do equipment maintenance. We haul some grain if weather is, um, what's the word? Uh, weather is cooperative. Um, we have three, I have three properties that I keep cleared of snow if we ever get any snow. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, that's what winter looks like. So sounds like you have quite the range of different skills you've had to acquire throughout the years from driving different types of equipment, right? To all of these things. Why farming? Why is that what you stuck with? Why is that the passion? Why are you still doing it? Um, well, my, my joking answer is that I haven't found anything else that I love to do even more at this point. But um, I, I mean, the, the easy answer is I, I grew up on a farm. It's hard for me to say that I would have been interested in getting into farming, specifically farming, if I had, if I had not grown up with it. But growing up around it, I just, I mean, I love being outside. I love like, like to, like to your point, I really love, um, you know, the wide variety of skills that I've been able to acquire and have to, because, you know, I, I have to learn how to do various different things. Um, and so that's why I've stuck with it. Well, we appreciate that Hans, but you know, as, uh, our primary and secondary students are represent our primary audience. Um, we thought it'd be interesting to have some of the, our current junior achievement students actually ask you some questions 
about what you do outside of farming that you have a passion for. So if you don't mind, we got a few students here to come up here and introduce themselves and throw you some questions, okay? Sounds great. My name is Harper. Um, I'm uh, from West Grove Elementary School. And the question I'm going to ask you today is, what problems have you had along the way starting or maintaining growth? So um, Tapestry Farms is a um, organization that supports refugee families in the Quad Cities. And um, while, while World Relief is a, um, a refugee resettlement agency, um, what Tapestry Farms does is, and I think our executive director, Anne, describes it best as a long welcome. Um, so we, we strive to make sure that families feel um, secure and really uh, contributing part of, parts of the community by the time that we would quote unquote be done with our uh, work with them. And um, so that's kind of a broad range of things. And we, I would say, yeah, the, one of the biggest problems or struggles early on was trying to maintain a focus on that um, and what, what exactly that meant and how we can best do that work. Uh, without spreading ourselves too thin uh, with a limited staff and limited resources. I'm Olivia and I'm from Forest Grove Elementary and the question that I'm going to be asking you today is what are some of the problems that you had to persevere through? Good question Olivia. Um, I think that I would probably go back to the funding point for that one because we've had to keep working on engaging with the community and um, donors and grant, uh, you know, work, working with grant applications and um, and then just persevering through learning through learning how systems work in our community is is also been a challenge, um, you know, how to how to access um, WIC funding for families to, for, for buying uh, groceries and daily needs, um, how to get families involved in, or in, uh, in healthcare uh, that, you know, a lot of the families need immediate or, or continuing healthcare when they arrive and getting plugged into that system can be complicated. Um, so things like that, uh, you know, just, um, Things that most of us often take for granted that have been here our li our whole lives can be very complicated to get started with. All right, I think we've got one question left. Okay. My name's Vaughn, and I'm from Forest Grove. And the question I'm going to be asking is, what advice do you have for us to be change makers and take action? Vaughn wants to be a change maker with all of his classmates. A change maker. Good question, Vaughn. I really think it, in my case, it was as simple as just being willing to say yes to an opportunity that I was not at all on my radar or something that I thought I, I could be helpful or um, knowledgeable about at all. Um, you know, I, uh, Anne, our executive director, she asked me to be a part of it five years ago. And at the time we had a, a two-year-old and we were expecting twins within a few months. And um, so it was hard to say, uh, yeah, I really want to do that. Um, 
but I knew that I really wanted to do that. And so talking with my wife and um, some other people, I decided that that was something that I wanted to invest my time in. And um, it's been really rewarding. And uh, I don't know if I'm making change or, you know, I I don't think you often get to know what your impact is or what impact you're being a part of until maybe years down the road. Um, But just saying yes is, has been really valuable to me. So Hans, I'm kind of curious, your time at Tapestry Farms, can you point to a situation where you said, that's why, that's why I'm giving that time to that organization. Can you point to anything that stands out that the students might learn from? Yeah, we actually just had a very recent experience. Um, I try to check in with, with our, with Anne, maybe once a week or every couple of weeks so that I can really keep, keep a finger on what, um, you know, the work that we're doing. And she told me a story about a mother that had some pretty serious uh, mental health issues. And I think we, we were able to find her um, counseling and give her the time to to care for herself um, for as much time as she needed. I think in her case, it was a few months. And, um, and um, so she, I think without, you know, without the support of Tapestry Farms, uh, that situation could have gotten a lot worse before it got any better. And um, so that, yeah, I mean, little, well, not little stories. That's not a little thing. That's a big stories like that uh, make it totally worth it. I would love to sit and talk for hours about Tapestry Farms. So I have so many more questions, <laughs> but in, in lieu of time today and the kids and friends, so I'm going to shift back just to your full time for a minute. Okay. Um, so in your, in your opinion, what education, what experience, what skill sets um, will prepare one to be a successful farmer? If these kids are thinking about, yes, I want to be a farmer because they like what you're doing and they're interested, what kind of education will they need to, to be successful in that career? Sure. Um, I, so I have a, a bachelor's degree in business management from St. Ambrose. Um, that's me specifically. I, I have lots of uh, farming companions, if you want to call that, that I work with that have no formal education beyond high school and are running very successful businesses. Um, I really appreciate having the kind of the global, I took a lot of economics courses at Ambrose and I, and I think it was good. It is good for me personally to have that more broad global view of how, how things work. And I think it helps me make better business decisions. Um, I also think, you know, if you were going to try to get into farming without having grown up around it, there are obviously some ag uh, focused schools. Um, Iowa State has a really good ag program. So does uh, like University of Wisconsin, Madison. Um, And those would be really valuable places to learn more about the ag industry specifically. but as is the case with most degrees, you know, they kind of prepare you to get started and then you, you end up just learning a lot on your way. And I think that that's true in farming as it is in, in any other job that you probably end up learning a lot more on the job than you do ahead of time. And also in terms of, uh, I mean, I, I farm specifically, but obviously the agriculture industry is, is a lot more broad than that. So if you, 
you know, if you like working outside, there are opportunities to do many things that are kind of accessory to farming, um, you know, whether it's working for a like a, co- a cooperative that does service work for farms or a grain elevator or a seed company or um, a equipment manufacturing company or something like that. So we probably will have not only these these kids listening, we're hoping to have some junior high school students that are maybe a little bit further along. And I have a feeling they're going to want to know what is the earning potential? What kind of money? Can you make some good money being a farmer? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I live pretty comfortably. Yeah. Um, the earning potential of farming specifically is, uh, I mean, all over the board. You know, I mean, there's, I know a few guys that have full-time jobs and farm a small acreage and they just do that work on the side. And I think they make a decent amount of income for a side hustle. I obviously um, do this full-time and and I live pretty comfortably, um, but it varies pretty wildly from year to year. Um, In my our situation specifically, I I pay myself a salary from the farm. um, So that way I can keep kind of my personal finances separate from the farm and and the farm then absorbs you know if if it's a good year i am able to reinvest that into the business and if it's a lean year or a not so great year um the farm hopefully can sustain that while still paying me to hopefully write the ship for the next year um so that that's the that's our structure obviously everybody does it a little bit differently um but yeah, there's, if you make smart decisions, um, both when times are good and when times are bad, there's uh, good money to be made in farming, sure. Well, Hans, we appreciate you doing that and giving the students a, a little bit of a, a look behind the scenes there. Um, out of curiosity, and we're gonna probably wrap it up here. Uh, if you, you could do anything, tell anything to a 16 year old Hans, to keep doing, stop doing, and start doing to increase the chances for post-high school success and happiness? What do you think? Keep doing, stop doing, start doing. Keep doing, stop doing, start doing. Um, Keep doing, I would say, making connections, meeting people, um, saying yes to opportunities along the way stop doing i would say stop kicking yourself for making a decision that didn't turn out so well um let that let that go learn from it and uh and move on i think 16 year old hans would hold on to uh, mistakes a lot more than 36 year old hans does and then start doing i would start learning new skills earlier um and not even just within farming you know i picked up playing guitar when i was 25 i wish i had done that when i was 15 you know different things like that i mean just you could i figure you can never learn how to do too many things it just makes life more interesting well hans you have been a real piece of work and we really appreciate you supporting junior achievement of the heartland today Thank you very much for being on the program. 
<laughs> I'm so glad you use that phrase like that every time. I appreciate it. And I'm happy to be here. And thanks, thanks to the kids for the awesome questions and for all your guys' time. Should we do a real quick thanks to Hans, kids? Yeah. One, two, three. Thank you. Joy, one more additional great guest to the program. I'm curious, what, what are your takeaways from our discussion with Hans? I think I have one takeaway today, which is very unusual. Actually, I have lots of notes. I could probably have 20 takeaways. Uh, my biggest takeaway actually comes from Vaughn's question. It has to be with being a change maker. I think mm -hmm. that all of us so often forget that the smallest little thing from day to day, from week to week, from month to month, you're making change whether you realize it or not. And Hans said it great. He, he talked about how maybe you don't see that today. Maybe something you did today at school or, or whatever it is, you're, you don't realize you're making change, but you are. And so um, say yes to an opportunity can make you a change maker. You said that Hans, and I think for me, that's what stuck out. And I hope that's one of the things that the kids takes away from uh, this, this interview today. It's ironic. A lot of times when we do these, Joy and I end up having different opinions on what our takeaways are and the things that made, made an impact on us as hosts. I was almost one for one with what Joy said, but I think despite one of the busiest times facing Hans with a young child and two more on the way, he still said yes. And even though he may be really busy in life, saying yes, sometimes you just never know where it's going to pay off, but he did it. He's making a difference. And not only his full-time job and his and his commitment to Tapestry Farm. So again, I thought it was pretty cool, and I can't wait till our next recording. Thanks, Joy. Thanks, Matt.